Good afternoon, everyone. This is Sean with the JPR Group, and we are thankful that you're calling in today. We felt that getting in front of clients um, was the most important thing we could be doing right now, and this avenue gave us a chance to talk to as many people as possible at the same time. So we appreciate you calling in. We're going to do a few things today. We want to reiterate our investment beliefs. Um, we're going to attempt to anticipate some questions that me, you may have and also to provide some historical precedents. So I'm going to take the opportunity now to turn it over to our founder, Mike, uh, who's been in the business since 1986 to provide uh, some thoughts for us. Uh, the things that I will share with you are our investment beliefs. Uh, we have been acting upon these beliefs for a number of years. Uh, we formalized them to be able to uh, speak about more recently. But uh, having said that, the, the four investment beliefs that we think are imperative for folks that are investing in stocks to remember. Number one, portfolios should always be concentrated in high quality investments. Uh, that is our job and we feel like that we've done that and we want you to have the assurance that you do have high quality investments. Uh, the other three investment beliefs uh, require action upon your part. Uh, first, uh, adopt a long-term investment horizon when investing in equities. Uh, if you have a three to five year time horizon before you say, I'm not going to need these funds uh, for a minimum of three to five years. What the current market is doing uh, should not affect that dramatically. Uh, so as we, as we look at the funds that you have, uh, do you have a three to five year time frame before you anticipate needing those particular assets? Uh, and, and I'm, sure that for 99.9% .9 of our clients, uh, their goal is for these monies to be invested for a longer term period. Uh, secondly, investors should always strive to act rationally and never emotionally. Uh, if we watch the TV and, and all of the craziness that's going on in the media right now, it becomes more and more difficult to act rationally and not emotionally. So we would encourage you, try not to get too focused on that. As we adopt that long-term time horizon, that helps us to act more rationally, uh, not emotionally. Uh, the other thing is to use uncertainty, times of our uncertainty, and this is certainly one of those, to buy high quality investments when prices are low, Certainly, we don't want to be selling high-quality investments when per, uh, prices are low. So to reiterate uh, the four investment beliefs, the first one is our job, concentrate high-quality investments. Then we hope to work with you and encourage you to act rationally, not emotionally, to take a long-term investment horizon, uh, and then where it's applicable to use these times of uncertainties to buy high quality investments when prices are low. All right, thank you for the comments, Mike. Uh, now I'm gonna turn it over to our other partner, Drew Ritchie. So <clears throat> in the last 
couple of weeks, we've talked to a number of our clients, um, and we, we want to reiterate that if you're sitting at home and you're thinking that we're too busy to talk to you, there's that's why we built a big group, and we we are here to talk to anyone that that wants to to have a discussion around things. But what we want to do is we we just wanted to go over some of the main questions that we're getting from clients right now, and I want to I want to just want to have a conversation with the advisors, uh, with the the clients that you all have talked to, a question that I've got over and over, and we all know education is a big component of our practice, and we have very educated clients because of that. They know um, why we shouldn't sell out. They know why we need to stay the course, but they want to hear it. So, you know, Mike, I'd like to pose this question to you. It's something that I've been getting is, why should I not just go to cash for a little while and then get back in when the dust settles? Uh, when the dust settles, the market will be considerably higher than it is today. Uh, if you decide to move out of stocks, uh, that is a decision. Uh, you have a, another very important decision to make uh, if you make that first one of getting out of stocks, and that is, when do I get back in? Uh, I would propose to you that if we make the decision to get out of stocks right now, it is somewhat of an emotional decision at this point. Uh, it would be an emotional decision of when to get back in. Uh, we're not going to feel a whole lot more comfortable about stocks if they go down more, so the probability of us buying cheaper is very slim. Uh, it, it's much more prudent to ride this out with a long-term time horizon with confidence that the markets will settle and then recover over a period of time and we're going to stay the course on our investment goals and continue to be invested. Sure. The other thing I would suggest to you is if we move to cash, uh, we've taken ourselves out of a investment portfolio that has the potential for good returns over a period of time and moved it to something that is going to generate almost no income over any significant period of time. So the, the follow-up to that, and any of you jump in um, that, that wants to, but is there anything we should be doing right now? We know we shouldn't get out and, and then try to time the market and get back in, but is there anything I could be doing or should be doing? What, what are you guys thinking? One idea that, that I've been talking with clients about in accounts that are non-retirement, uh, just regular brokerage accounts, uh, you may be holding positions that you've had for, for quite a while and you've been holding them because they have large unrealized gains in them. So uh, selling out of those positions before now may have created a, a unfavorable tax consequence to you. So um, with, with this market pullback that we've seen, now is a good time to revisit any brokerage or non-retirement assets and looking at maybe moving out of those positions if, if now creates a favorable opportunity. That's a great point. I would add to that, Andrew, that it's really not what you should be doing right now. It's really what you shouldn't be doing. And you need to be careful on trying to time the bottom of markets or recoveries or trying to pick um, different investments that may do better over the short term. It's really about staying to the game at the moment, uh, trusting your investments, trusting your allocation, and being careful on how much you're watching the news, uh, checking your account daily. 
It's really about what we shouldn't be doing instead of what we should be doing. I've also had a number of conversations with clients that over the last couple of years, for one reason or another, maybe had a more conservative portfolio than they would have long-term, and this has been an opportunity to um, for clients to maybe take on some more risk where they felt comfortable and understood that, uh, the potential to maybe move from 50% equities to 60% equities. I think it is important to think that there are times, we don't have to be reactive during this time, there are um, opportunities to be proactive in this. Their risk profile has probably changed from what it was a month ago as far as their equity to fixed income allocation, so rebalancing a portfolio is something that might make sense too. A little little less macro and, and more of a um, kind of what's happening now. Over the weekend, we had a lot of news from the Federal Reserve uh, taking the interest rate to zero, um, buying, buying bonds. One would expect that the Fed would make announcements like that to try to positively impact the equity markets on the short term, and that's not what we've seen today. Um, Y'all's reaction to that? We had a call um, just about an hour ago with a chief economist with one of the investment companies we work with, and his comments were that, that the Fed um, likely anticipated the market reaction and did it anyway, and they wanted to show that they had a playbook and that they were in charge and their goal was to provide liquidity and some calmness to the markets and that whatever happened in the equity markets as a response to that was not of, of their biggest concerns right now. Um, Mike, uh, if you wouldn't mind taking this one, you, Sean mentioned earlier, you've been in the business since 1986, uh, long, long time, and you've seen, seen many things like this. How's this, how's this different than 2008 or 1987 or 01 or any of the other rapid market declines? My first baptism in the bad market was October of 1987. And on Friday, October the 16th, and Monday, October the 19th, 1987, the market fell 34% in two days. Um, I, I suppose the difference at that point was uh, things were not nearly as computerized, so there was a, uh, the markets uh, were overwhelmed in volume. Trades that were put in possibly at 10 o'clock in the morning at two o'clock in the afternoon on the 19th of October, we did not know if they had traded or not, and if they were market orders, we didn't know where they would trade if they traded. So uh, the volume that the market's handling today is, uh, 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 I'm sure, uh, a whole lot more than it was back in 87. Uh, but uh, we saw that fall. We saw a fall in 1990 of about 20% prior to the Gulf War. Uh, that, of course, the war didn't last very long, and the markets came back, back very quickly. Uh, the markets got uh, very highly priced in late 99 and then failed in 2000, 2001, 2002. Uh, all of us remember the credit crisis of 2008, uh, where the market, uh, beginning in June of 2008, the market fell almost every month through February of 2009. Uh, so we, we've been through that. The one thing that is constant about all of those is uh, the market has recovered after each of those events. 
sometimes more quickly than others, uh, but markets that go down once the uh, uncertainty settles, the economy makes uh, changes, uh, and we see the markets recover. Uh, we don't have any guarantees, but we're confident that we will see a recovery from this environment. Sure, and we, we don't know how long it's going to be, and we would anticipate that it's, it's going to last a while. None of us here are doctors, so we're not talking about the coronavirus or how long that uh, uh, is going to affect the markets or the economy, but we, we can all agree that it's going to be a little while before things return back to normal. I think a good point to make, and uh, Josh, Josh Marson is our Certified Investment Manager Analyst here on our team. Um, Josh, how far does this take us back? We've just come off a really great, strong 2019, but I'm sure some clients are thinking that they've been set back years by this. Well, give us a little uh, context around that. Yeah, a little context would be is the S&P 500 was trading at 2350 towards the end of 2018. The S&P is currently trading at right around 2470. So if we retrace back to 2018, we're still about 100 points ahead on the S&P 500. So we're real close to that 2018 number. Drew, I think one thing that I've been talking to clients about too, um, had the benefit of being in, in the industry since the 08, 09 crisis is, one of the things I, I, I remember back is in um, October 16, 2008, Warren Buffett wrote an article called, and it was an op-ed for the New York Times titled, Buy American I Am. I'm just gonna read a few things from, from Buffett's article there. It says, the financial world is in a mess, both in the United States and abroad. So I've been buying American stocks. And he says, a simple rule dictates my buying, be fearful when others are greedy, and be greedy when others are fearful. But fears regarding the long-term prosperity of the nation's many sound companies make no sense. These businesses will indeed suffer earnings hiccups, as they always have, but most major companies will be setting new profit records 5, 10, and 20 years from now. So he said, let me be clear on one point. I can't predict short-term movements of the stock market. I have the faintest idea as to whether stocks will be higher or lower a month or a year from now. It says, But he also says, if you wait for Robbins, spring will be over. Over the long term, stock market news will be good. In the 20th century, the United States endured two world wars, two world wars, other traumatic and expensive military conflicts, depression, and a dozen or so recessions. And we were talking about this today. The interesting thing that Buffett wrote that article, October 16, 2008, which was um, about five months before the market actually bottomed in March of 2009, and. Uh, the, the S&P 500 was down another 26% after he wrote the article. And it, the article that was summarizing it was saying that the importance of that is if, if he would have actually published it in March of 2009, it would have been focused that he was trying to time the market. And the point is, is he was just trying to encourage America and saying, I'm buying stocks and that's what you should be doing too. So I think it's important that this has been a really uh, pivotal article over the last 20 years and was written six months early from a, from a market correction. I think the last thing, Sean, and, and we'll kick it to you to close, we, we um, just talk to us a little bit about proactive 
things that we can be doing right now? Yeah, a, a couple proactive items. Um, Andrew mentioned earlier some tax loss selling opportunities. Uh, clients that are looking at Roth conversions, uh, now is an opportunity to potentially convert an IRA at a discounted value to a Roth. Um, where clients have been doing dollar cost averaging strategies, where we've been able to accelerate some of those. And then also there's some estate planning items where if there's some gifting that you plan on doing to children, there's some opportunities to take some discounts there. So we just want to reiterate that we're looking at proactive opportunities to be able to talk to clients about. So before I close, I'm going to let Mike um, give us three takeaways as he's great at doing, and then uh, we're pretty close to closing the call. Uh, I'm going to put my takeaways in this uh, context. When, when my son was young and uh, scratched his knee or had an earache or whatever, uh, I often wished I could hurt for him uh, because I cared deeply about him. It hurt me when he was hurting. Uh, our clients are more than just clients. They're our friends. Uh, and it hurts us when they're hurting and we know that many are worrying uh, and we want to do things that we can to lessen that I would encourage you in my takeaway have a long-term investment horizon and what I mean by that is uh, we feel very confident in the capitalistic system of the United States of America and our great country and we will weather the storm and we will see the markets recover. With that confidence, uh, we cannot worry so much about short-term market gyrations. And we would encourage uh, our clients uh, to try to gain that confidence uh, that the market has recovered every time that we've seen situations like this and with that confidence to decrease the worry, uh, act rationally, and possibly look if we have excess cash to buy high quality investments when prices are low uh, and markets are attractively priced, we do feel like we're, we're there. One other thing I would say is uh, the vast majority of our clients have well-balanced portfolios, which means they have both stocks and bonds. Because they have both stocks and bonds, we do not have to liquidate stocks when they're cheap to provide the income that our clients want. Uh, we're getting dividends and interest off of those stocks and bonds. And if we need to raise some capital, we are liquidating bonds. Uh, so we're, uh, your portfolios are well positioned to weather this type of environment. Thank you, Mike. So in closing, I just want to reiterate something that Drew mentioned earlier. We've built this 10-person team that we have in order to provide the highest possible level of service we can to you. As Mike mentioned, you know, we, we're here because we care, and we've done um, a great job of creating a community inside and outside of this office, and we want to be here when our clients need us. So if you have questions, don't ever think we're too busy. Uh, feel free to call us anytime. Uh, and we'd love to talk to you. So thanks for dialing in or thanks for listening in on our podcast. And um, we'll talk to you soon. This podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. And it is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell 
any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. The information is considered to be from reliable sources, but its accuracy is not guaranteed. The opinions expressed are those of the show's host and guest and are not necessarily those of Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated. Baird does not offer tax or legal advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC.